You're live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar in studio. Got a great show for you today. We'll uh, be talking with the folks over at Waze uh, in a little while. The uh, the traffic app that uh, a lot of people are getting excited about. I've been using it for the past few weeks. Loving it. You didn't use it last week, though. No. No, I did not. And, and you almost... I almost, uh, I almost yeah, I was late for the radio show because I didn't use it. But uh, lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Lesson learned. Uh, lots of crazy tech news this week uh, as well, uh, Andy. Um, the big one, House of Cards is out now. Yes. The new I, season I, I on was, Netflix. I was preparing for it yesterday. I was and just telling you before I know the I wanted to bring this up because I'm always fascinated how you watch Netflix. Yes. Well, the, the problem is, right, and everybody knows this that has a Netflix account, is you do what's called marathoning or, or binging. binging. Yeah. And... I'm a binger. What can I say? I'm like every other person. So I've always wondered, how can I binge but not feel guilty about it by sitting on a couch for hours on end going from one episode to the next? And then I decided to tie in Netflix with the treadmill that I have at home. So I have a <laughs> tablet. I just dock the tablet in front of the treadmill. Yes. And I watch uh, Netflix. And I make a deal that I will only watch the show if I'm on this treadmill. And... It has changed my life because suddenly I'm a runner now because yes, I, and you're looking good. Oh, that, well, thanks. Yeah. It springs around the corner, yeah. so I was like, so yesterday, knowing that that House of Cards, the new season, was coming out, launching I, at midnight. At midnight, yeah. I decided after I got home from work to um, to watch the uh, the last season, uh, the last episode of last season, so just to get a, caught up. To get caught up, so I was doing that. I'm running. It's an hour, and I run for about an hour. I'm like, okay, I'm all ready, and then all of a sudden, the next. The new season just started. But you didn't expect that for another few hours. No, no, because I thought when they said midnight, it was all localized times. But it was midnight somewhere else. Yes. And I didn't know what, I was like, oh, I really, really want to watch this episode. So did you run all night? So I ran for an extra (laughs) hour. I did two hours of running. Then I got up this morning at like five in the morning, ran another hour. So I'm on season two. So... I'm going to become in like super amazing shape by the time I'm done this new season of House of Cards. And up on your pop culture. If, if I keep up with this, yes. Also in the news, Andy, uh, this was kind of interesting. Uh, we've heard a lot about self-driving cars uh, lately. Uh, the big car manufacturers are getting into it. Uh, one of the companies that really kind of, I think, helped pioneer and, and push it into kind of our uh, mainstream is Google. They've had their self-driving cars uh, for a few years now. Uh, one of their... Google self-driving cars hit a bus down in Silicon Valley. This is the first time this has ever happened. Yep. Google's had a car on the road, a self-driving car, for quite a long time now. And they've gone hundreds of thousands of kilometers without having an accident. And the only time they've been in an accident is typically the other uh, car's fault, yes. like a human driver that has hit the Google car. So in this case, it was the first time it was actually the car's fault. Yes. And the car wasn't going very fast, though. I think a few kilometers an hour. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I read some of the details, but uh, what the Google guys were saying basically is that uh, the car is programmed uh, to know that other cars uh, are most likely to yield somewhat, you know, while in regular driving conditions, whereas the bus did not whatsoever. And as we all know, buses typically don't (laughs) yield. Well, that's the whole issue about these self-driving cars because by themselves, they work really well. The only issue they ever have is when the human takes over the steering wheel. Yeah. But the other issue is that it's on the road with other humans out there. Yeah, people and, like you and me. And 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 the car's going to assume that you're going to act a little bit rational when you're yeah. on the road. And if you 
if you factor in irrational driving behaviors on a very rational car that's uh, autonomous, that's when you're going to have issues. And it was bound to happen. It finally did happen. Thankfully, it wasn't a big accident or no, anything. No, the bus wasn't going that fast. It's like a little either. fender bender, but yeah. but uh, it needed to happen, I think. Does that does that scare you? I mean, would you get in a self-driving car now? I would. Yeah. I would. Just because I'm kind of geeky, I would just love to be in the car yeah. and watch it drive. But the the real question and for this to, to move forward is the whole liability issue. If if somebody, if that was their car and this happened, are they going to, who, who does the insurance sue? Does it sue Google? Does it in, sue the driver? If it's held liable? Well, if the car is driving, what, yeah. So, so from an insurance if, point yeah, of view, I think. If two self-driving cars get in an accident, does anyone hear it? <laughs> <laughs> this is getting really philosophical here. but, but no, that, no, it's like a huge thing. It's a big legal issue that yeah. needs to be sorted out before we're going to actually see this on the road. And Google has said they want self-driving cars by 2020. Yeah. So that's like four years. But you know, we're already seeing the technology. It's in cars now, like Tesla, for example. There's an option you can buy for the Tesla cars. And it's basically just an over-the-air update. Uh, I think it's like three or $4,000, and your car is autonomous. It can change lanes. It can drive you to where you want to go. Obviously, that's not legal yet in pretty well most states and provinces, but um, it's there now, and it's learning. It, it's constantly learning. It gets updates all the time when uh, you know they have better information for it. Well, the technology is definitely there. The question is, do we have the legal framework to have both self-driving cars and you know, humans driving cars on the same roads at the same time. That that has to be sorted out, and from the insurance perspective as well, before we're going to see these on the road and have that option to use it as well. I don't know if you saw this as well, Andy. It was kind of fascinating. I do a lot of traveling back and forth to Toronto. Uh, Boeing has come out with a self-cleaning washroom for their planes. Really? Yeah, for their for their toilets <laughs> and, and the bathroom itself. So uh, it, it actually has built in a bunch of, uh, and I guess... It's not in planes yet, but they'll be bringing it out. Uh, ultraviolet lights throughout the washroom. So when you leave the washroom, these lights come on and basically kill like 99.99% of all the germs. Well, this is exactly that technology that we saw, the foam soap. That's that we, right. <laughs> it uses the exact same. Yeah, it's like this little box that you put your phone in, you close it, close the lid, and it's got UV lights. Yeah, ultra, it has a huge UV light lights. on it. And what this UV light does is it breaks up the bacteria, kind of just separates everything, and that's how it sanitizes yeah. it. That technology has been used in hospitals for years because you need a very sterile, sterile environment. And LED lights, as we know, are, are very popular, so they're kind of taking that technology. And this makes sense from Boeing's point of view, putting that right into the bathroom. So that it can yeah, those bathrooms it. sometimes get nasty depending how long the flight is, and depending how much turbulence you get on, <laughs> on the flight as well. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was uh, kind of neat. Uh, another interesting thing uh, we've talked a little bit about this on the show before. Uh, esports, we're all familiar with sports coverage. You know, uh, watch the soccer game or the hockey game on on television. Uh, and we know places like TSN and down in the U.S. It's ESPN. Uh, it's where you, you watch that kind of stuff. Well, esports is the uh, the world of uh, competitive computer gaming. Yes, and, and there are there are literally hundreds of millions of people that watch this around the world. Not only play it, but just watch people yes. play video games. Crazy! It's you have to think about that for a second. You're watching somebody play a video game. It's like when you back in the day when you go to an arcade game. Yeah, you didn't. You're like the guy that never put the quarter in. You're just watching. You just watch the other yeah, guys. Everyone's play. crowded around the. The well, Donkey Kong game. That is projected to be a billion-dollar industry this year. There are so many people that watch live competitive sports. They actually sell at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Like, the entire Staples Center is where the, the Lakers play. 
just to watch people play video games. So I, it, it blows my mind. Double-digit increases, and now it's a competitive, like, like a sport. And that's why you got guys like ESPN and Yahoo now. Yahoo is getting into the game as well. They're both trying to fight to become the, the de facto you know, network for competitive esports. I never thought this day would come. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's weird. <laughs> it, it, it is weird, but it is growing so fast. It kind of reminds me of, um, you know how like poker started? You started to see poker on sports channels. Yes. And you're like, yeah. how did this happen? Yeah. But it got so popular that that's, people yeah. were watching people play poker. poker. Yeah. Now the same thing is happening with online gaming and uh, some title games like we were talking just before the show, League of Legends. I've never played this game before, but apparently it's one of the most popular competitive esports games on the, on the world, in yeah. the world. Today. They don't have Donkey Kong. They don't have Donkey Kong, they Frogger. Frogger, Space Invaders. Or or my generation was Street Fighter. Street Fighter, yeah. yes, yes. We are going to have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking with the folks over at Waze. This is a, a really cool new uh, GPS slash directions slash traffic app that you really got to know about. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. We're uh, just trying to get a hold of our uh, guests from Waze. Uh, and until then, we'll just keep chatting about techie, newsy stuff. Uh, Google is trying out a new uh, payment app. Uh, so Google, obviously, one of the biggest companies in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they have uh, something called Android Pay, which is, uh, I think, 9 million strong now. They've got 9 p- million people subscribed to this. Works with, obviously, Android smartphones. And it's like your digital wallet. You have your credit cards and debit cards and all all those things kind of digitally uh, inside your phone. So you can make payments by going to like a 7-Eleven and get your Slurpee and basically hold your phone up to the, the merchant terminal. Well, they're trying to do um, an even, I guess, lazier version of this uh, called I, I call it ambition. A- ambitious, yeah. yes. Uh, it's a hands-free version. So they want to be able to have... Uh, you know, these Android Pay customers just basically even keep their phone in their pocket. You don't even have to take it out. Basically, for uh, the participating stores or restaurants, you just say, um, I want to I want to pay with with Google. Yeah. And then wirelessly uh, up on um, the retailer's terminal, uh, they'll see a picture of you and verify the transaction. So for this to happen, there's a couple of things that, that need to be done. First of all, there's got to be some type of NFC or near-field communication mechanism. They say it's Bluetooth. Is it Bluetooth? Yeah. Okay, so there you and have... you know how... It's gotten better. Bluetooth, <laughs> come on. I, you still think of Bluetooth back in like 2012 days. I still use Bluetooth now, and it's a pain in the butt. Yeah, but Bluetooth 4, the low-energy Bluetooth, is, yeah. is so much better than it used to be. There are some, like, just to go off tangent here, there's some Bluetooth speakers that you could have 100 feet difference. From, from the speaker, and you can be walking around like your entire house in your backyard, and it still will transmit that signal. So I, th- I can't get my Bluetooth mouse to work properly on my laptop <laughs> half the time. Do you, you see me every day there. Yes. I'm banging the damn mouse on the table trying to get the signal to pick up. I know, I know. but Okay, anyway, so they're building this, <laughs> this payment system around this bulletproof technology. <laughs> what could go wrong, Andy? Well, and then I think another aspect of this is the, the whole voice uh, when you say, I'll pay for Google. So this thing is, is always listening for you to say that. Yeah, so your phone's listening to hear that. So that commands the, the whole Bluetooth to kind of trade there, and then it verifies off a camera to make sure that is who you are, like you are who you say you are. Yes. So all of this 
happens to avoid you from actually having to take your phone out and putting it out the register. I, you know, I can probably just take my phone out. But you know why I think Google is doing this? If they can make it more convenient, more people will use Android Pay because you have so much competition. You have Apple Pay. You have Samsung Pay. And don't forget the banks are going to try to get into this as well. So it's whoever can make it most convenient for the consumer. That's the one that people will use. I, I get it. And I love the idea of having it all my stuff on, on my phone, but I think in some ways it kind of gums the system up and slows it down. Have you ever been at the airport when you're trying to get through security and uh, people are trying to show their uh, their e-boarding pass off their phone? Yeah. Oh, my freaking God. Like, all the time, people, oh, oh wait a minute, it just timed out, got to bring it up again. And so everyone's waiting in line behind, and it happens to me too. Yeah. I, I've got that e-boarding pass on my phone, and half the time... The phone screen goes out, and then i got to put it up again. If I just handed them my, <laughs> you my know what's paper worse? ticket. You know what's worse? They've what? now taken that and put it onto the smartwatches. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> That's even worse <laughs> than your phone is to put it on a watch. I love, I love the idea. Like, the idea I know. is, like, awesome. I love it. But uh, in practice, it's still got a ways to go. Yeah, I gave up on the whole e-boarding. Um, I just printed them out again. I know. It's, it's, it's way easier, so much right? better, yeah. It's way easier. But anyway, it's kind of an interesting idea. So the idea, again, is that uh, you... You say the command, I want to pay by Google, yeah. and your phone hears it, and it, I you know, guess, links in with the re- retailer computers and Bob's it, your uncle. It would work well for drive throughs because nobody yeah. likes to get that. No, that's true. You know, they try yeah. to hand you the machine, yeah. and it's got a big, long But cord. there's got to be the authentication, so there has to be that visual authentication. So yes. they're going to have to have your picture, and so they're talking about installing cameras in these retailers to take a picture of you. Now that opens up a well, whole so can of privacy kind of, worms. They say that is going to be deleted right away once the transaction happens, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Like there's not enough cameras in the world now. It, well, yeah, but for this to work, they have to be able to verify you some way, and they're not going to be doing it by your voice, so no. they're going to have to try to use your, your, your face to, to verify. It's kind of like instead of writing the pin in, yeah. it, your face is the pin. <laughs> that's basically yeah. the, the way it is. I'm, I'm wondering if the end consumer will give up that, that privacy for the convenience of being able to pay without actually having to do anything. I, you know, like, a lot of people will. There's I, no question, I right? So. Like, I think so. You know, younger folks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested, you know, as much as I make fun of it, I'm interested in it as well because I think that's just the way things are going. So I'm hoping it gets there fast. Well, they, they are the testing it in San Francisco right now to see if yeah. they're Mc, trying to McDonald's. Work. McDonald's is using it down there. Yeah. Right? So, so speaking of McDonald's, uh, they're doing a test in Sweden uh, with Happy Meals. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Uh, so with select Happy Meals, uh, you can get uh, a virtual reality headset. Well, it's the Happy Meal box yes. that you get your food in. You it turns into a headset. Into a headset to get... Like, you have a, to have a smartphone, though. Yes. Yes. Because Billy, five-year-old Billy, just pulls out his iPhone, right? <laughs> he probably has an iPhone. <laughs> so anyway, um, your Happy Meal thing converts into this virtual reality headset out of cardboard. And you've you got to slide your smartphone in and then, you know, obviously put your face in and you download a free app. And I think for the Sweden one there, it's a skiing app and it's virtual reality. Gone are the days where you got that little plastic toy. That oh, you yeah. With your Happy Meal or little hat. That's so 2015. Exactly. And this actually was to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Happy Meal in Sweden, which uh-huh. is why they did that. I'm sure they got some ad agency involved to create some kind of campaign that would be really cool. And, and, and think about it. It worked because uh, we're talking about it right now. Andy, what's the uh, contest? 
We've got an excellent contest this week. We're giving away a pair of headphones. You've got to check this out on our website. All you have to do is go to getconnectedmedia.com for your chance to enter and win. And, of course, every week we have new headphones. So these ones uh, are a great pair. The, you really have to um, look at them because they're so light and flexible. And, you know, headphones, everybody needs a pair of headphones. If you have a smartphone, you have a tablet, you're going to need a headphone. We're giving away the Soul Republic Shadow Wireless Earphones, so just go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com to enter and win. What I want to do now is open up the phone lines uh, for after the break. We'll take your tech calls and questions here on Get Connected, 604-280-9898. Again, 604-280-9898. If you're phoning long distance anywhere in North America, 1-877-399-9898. Again, 1-877-399-9898. Looks like we couldn't uh, get our uh, Waze guest. Must not have been using the app and got lost. <laughs> yeah, I guess she turned her Waze app off. <laughs> well, we'll try to get her on uh, another uh, time. But again, uh, we're opening up the phone lines, taking any tech call or questions, 604-280-9898. When we come back from the break, your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network, back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. It's that time of the uh, the show where we go open line, taking uh, your tech calls and questions, 604-280-9898. I'm going to jump here to uh, Jerry. Hey, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? Hi. Hi. For me? Yeah, what can we do Hi. for you? Yeah, no, I was just going to say that in Vancouver at 18th and, McDonald- at 18th and Main uh, at the McDonald's, yeah. they have a sticker on the door that says that they accept Apple Pay. Yeah, uh, I've I've seen that on a few McDonald's uh, now. Uh, again, Apple Pay is uh, Apple's, uh, I guess, digital wallet, uh, so to speak. Uh, a number of uh, banks and retailers down in the U.S. have uh, brought it on board. Uh, but the problem in Canada uh, to date is that, uh, yes, it is here. Some retailers and restaurants like McDonald's are accepting it, but it will only tie in American Express cards. None of the bank cards, not Visa, not MasterCard, which really, I think, limits uh, its usefulness right now until they get the other guys on board. So basically, if you're a Canadian the, and you have a, an iPhone, yes. the only way you can actually get Apple Pay is to have an American Express card. The thing is, I don't think a lot of Canadians have an American Express card. So it, it limits— not, not as many as like a Visa or MasterCard, <clears throat> right? Exactly. And I think that's going to limit the, the usage of Apple Pay in Canada— uh, the big banks have really what they decided to do, and they've learned their lessons uh, from the U.S. banks. The Canadian banks basically got together, and now they're negotiating with Apple as one unit, a consortium, uh, rather than individually, which is what the other banks did in the U.S. And so that's why we haven't seen it pulled out onto all the other banks. And they are also trying to get their own mobile payment system up. So it's a really precarious time we have in mobile payments in Canada. Six zero four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. If you're phoning long distance anywhere in Canada, the uh, call in line is one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. We're taking any of your tech calls. We'll be your on air tech support. If you want some buying advice, we can help you out with that as well. Uh, we've talked a lot, uh, Andy, on the show about uh, the Raspberry Pi computers. Those little hobby computers you can get for like fifty bucks, mm-hmm. uh, which we use to run our our, our home media centers. I have like three of them TV. at home. You've and got I, three, and I just bought another one. Yeah, well, they've just come out with the latest version. Uh, the version 3 of it, so the Raspberry Pi 3, uh, which is kind of cool because now it has uh, built-in 
uh, Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, whereas before you had to get extra little uh, adapters for that. That's right. So, you know, if if anybody is interested in, like, computers and stuff, like, it's funny because when it came out, I, I felt like I was a 15-year-old kid again, like, playing around. You go on YouTube and you say, you can do this with the Raspberry Pi. Like, basically what I did, and I, you've done the same thing, is we've created media streaming boxes, kind of like a Roku, except we created our own using a Raspberry Pi and some software to be able to pull content from the Internet and stream it right onto our televisions on a really simple-to-use interface called Kodi. And it has changed my life. I, I was telling you during the break that I've been uh, bi- basically buying these Raspberry Pis, putting that software on and giving it away as gifts to friends and family. And everybody loves me right now because no one really knows about this technology and how easy it is to, to use. Like my dad. Actually, I get, I give one to my dad, and he is the least techie person I know. And he can offer. He's loving it, eh? He can he can find his favorite music. He can find any TV show or any movie. So you got to check it out <clears throat> online. The Raspberry Pi three, that's the new one, like you mentioned. The Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth is built in. Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> so you don't need that uh, additional USB adapter. slot adapter for the for your Wi-Fi anymore. Taking your calls here on Get Connected, we're going to jump here. Is it uh, Mesa? Massa. Massa. Yeah. Sorry about hey. that. That's okay. What can we do uh, for you? So I, yeah, so I have a question. Uh, at my office, we have a couple computers, yep. and we do um, like wide-format printing, uh, relatively new to, to the wide-format printing. But um, So we, have, we do some graphics on a computer, and we, we utilize Dropbox for the sharing. Um, but I guess there's a couple of questions. One is when we save on the current computer, I'm assuming it goes up to Dropbox. Yep. Then it comes down to the second computer because that's the way – we share files, right? So yes. a, a one gig file will give me two gigs of bandwidth in terms of, I guess, um, the allotment for, yeah. for Shaw. The up, the up and down, yeah. I guess if we, now I know if I use one computer and use that uh, drive as a shared file, uh, sometimes if we're accessing files, there's an issue in terms of syncing, Yeah. right? So I'm just trying to understand what a network-attached storage device would be. So if we attach it to our network and we access files, both computers access to that uh, network-attached storage, Yeah. Um, um, is that designed so that we can sort of access uh, multiple files at the same time? Yeah. I know yes. when I've done it with other computers, like three or four computers, if we use one computer as a shared um, folder, sometimes it crashes. Yeah. Right? So or even if it's a, a separate USB uh, hard drive, it, it crashes and, and the files get corrupted. So I'm trying to figure out what the best way is to share large files. Well, yeah, you're you're on the right track. So uh, what you want to look at is uh, a network attached storage drive uh, with gigabit gigabit Ethernet. And one of the ones we've had a look at is uh, from Netgear. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the name of that one? The Ready Ready, Ready NAS. And so it's like a little box that you can stick raw hard drives into, essentially. And so the advantage there is that you then plug that via an Ethernet cable into your, into your router. And with the included software, everyone on your network uh, in your office will be able to share all of those files. You can create all you know, your favorite folder structures and everything to keep uh, organized. But this way, you're not using up all the bandwidth from your Internet uh, account, right? So you're not like uploading and downloading things uh, uh, using your SHA. So that's uh, a good thing there. And what I like about it as well is that it's got two Ethernet ports. So uh, you can actually plug in two cables from the box itself into the router. Why would you want to do that? It increases the speed 
of how fast you can access those files. So uh, you're talking about large files, you know, a gigabyte, you know. Uh, so uh, the larger the files, the faster type of connection and, and box you want. Yeah, there's only so there's only a so, uh, maximum speed you can do on one Ethernet line, but if you double it up, now it can share both ports to transfer that as well. And I, I agree with you, Mike. I think this is a fantastic solution, especially uh, with the different NASs. That's what they call them for short, uh, network attack storage. You can get like two bay NASs where you put two hard drives, four bays where you can put four hard drives or eight. So depending on what size you need, you can increase the NAS. And not only that, not only do you have that network uh accessibility within your your uh, network you can also get cloud network as well so you can go and access those files remotely on your phone or on your computer yeah, at you home. set up a password for it and you can even share files with other people with a like download customers. link yes. so it's really like dropbox except the server is right beside your router at, at your and office. you control everything absolutely essentially so uh it's definitely the way to go uh I own a, uh, a digital agency. We do a lot of video, so we have that set up in our office, uh, a network attached storage drive where we have all our files and we share it between everyone. So they can all access those files at the same time, yeah. which is cool. And again, uh, that Netgear one, I, I really like that. It's it's fairly simple to set up, I find. It is. And uh, you just want to make sure that your router that you have supports gigabit Ethernet. Just have a look for that. 604-280-9898. When we come back from the break, more of your calls. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We're taking your calls and questions. 604-280-9898. The contest, uh, Andy, is pretty cool. This week, we're giving away the Soul Republic Shadow Wireless Earphones. These are awesome. They, they are. They're so lightweight and... I just I'm really loving the the earphones. There's so much selection these days. It's kind of like they're the, wireless and they're wireless. Yes, yes, I love that. You got to go to our website to look at it. They they rest comfortably on your neck. Basically, it looks kind of like a bracelet or a neck brace. Yeah, and then you can just like pull out the earphones when you want them, put them into your ears, and then pull them back inside. So basically, it's like an ornament for your neck. Love and you it. have you have headphones whenever you need them. Just like go a, to our website. It's like a neck brace. It's it's, like, it's a it's a geeky <laughs> neck brace. Yes. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Go to the contest page to see what they look like and make sure you enter and win. I'm going to jump here to, uh, is it Cliff? Are you there, Cliff? Yes, I am. Hi, what can we do for you? Well, I've got a, a little bit of a problem. I'm, I've got a couple of computers at home, and if I download a movie on my desktop, my big computer, yeah. it, I go through VLC, and it works fine. Yes. Uh, if I, But I'm using my laptop, and it used to do the same thing, but now I'm just getting a little three-inch by three-inch screen, yeah, and, and I can't enlarge it to full screen. I don't know what I'm doing wrong or what setting I... Are you I, using uh, VLC on the laptop as well? Yes. Yeah, and it's... Oh, that's kind of... I just get this little tiny... Uh, it, like I say, it's about three inches by three inches, and it's got the the, the icons at the bottom for volume and yeah. and, uh, and stuff like that and, and fast-forward and back. It's all there, but it's in this minuscule format. Do you know um, what resolution the movie is or video that you're downloading? I believe they're 1080, but I'm not oh, positive. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, a couple of things there. Always make sure that you're getting you know the best resolution resolution for whatever screen you're going to be playing it on, like 720p or 1080 or, or higher, depending what you're looking for. Uh, on VLC, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I know there's a, an area where you can go in to the settings and have it uh, you know zoom or stretch basically the video. 
Yeah, th- this is confusing because it sounds like the same video file when he plays it on his desktop computer. Using VLC, which is a program to watch video. It's full screen. Yeah. But then that same video file on his laptop using VLC, it's coming at a 3 by 3 kind of uh, you know size. Yeah. So my first suggestion is maybe somehow the settings in your VLC on the laptop got changed. Yes. One thing you could do is uninstall VLC, reinstall it so everything is back to its default um, settings. Or try some other. See what video file type of it. If it's an MOV file, maybe try QuickTime. See if that happens on the laptop. Yeah. Uh, you might have Windows Media Player. You might want to try that as well. Most people use VLC. It's just like, it's so awesome. But it never really got good on the mobile. The VLC mobile app. I, like on your iPhone? Yeah, or yeah, I yeah. never, I never really liked it compared to, to the software for your PC. Yeah. But uh, yeah, first step, try to reinstall VLC because something strange, if you have a 1080p video that's coming at that resolution, a quick wipe and reinstall might, might help. It could be an older version or some settings were, were by accident changed. Looks like we're going to have to take another uh, break, Andy. When we come back, App of the Week with Christina. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. And it's that time of the week, App of the Week with Christina Stoyanova. Thanks for coming in the studio. Thanks for having me. What do we got? Okay, this one you're going to love. And? I'm just wondering why people are paying money for this. Okay. That is my question today. So this is an app called Face Swap Live. Face Swap Live. Yes, and it costs $1.39 on the App Store, and it is the number one paid app right now, and all of my Facebook friends seem to be using this thing. And so what happens with it? So basically, you can swap faces with somebody else and take a picture or video or whatever with someone else's face. Is this like that uh, John Travolta, Nicolas Cage movie, Face Off? Do you, do you remember that? <laughs> when they switched faces? I suppose it's kind of like that. And so so I'm, I'm guessing you, you put two photos in, one with your face and... Yeah, but so this one does it live, so you can actually be looking at yourself and your friend beside you and actually swap faces. Oh, So I guess that's okay. the draw, but I just... It's so creepy. I just don't understand. So we could take a picture of you and I together. And we could swap faces. <sighs> it's all over my Facebook feed. I don't understand. <laughs> Why are people paying for this? And so this is just for uh, iPhones and iPads right now? Uh, no, there's an Android one. Really? Yes. And so a buck for this? A dollar forty. Well, that's kind of fun, though. It is a lot of fun, but I just... Maybe it, after a few drinks? Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Maybe that's why people are downloading it. They're drinking too much. <laughs> so again, uh, it works with your existing camera on your iPhone, and you just get together with your buddy. Yeah, and you can also swap pictures with celebrities. Like if you have a still photo of oh, a okay. celebrity, yeah. you can uh, swap faces with them. I mean, if I were to do that with George Clooney, I mean, it wouldn't even look like we switched faces. Right, exactly. It would be pointless yeah. for you in that case. <laughs> again, uh <laughs> I love these apps. Face Off? Sorry, no, it's not Face Off. That's the movie. Face Swap Live. Face Swap Live. And a buck? A buck 40. So if you're really excited to swap faces with one of your friends, that's where... Now is the time. Yes, now is the time. Check it out. I'd pay buck 40 for that, Andy. It's kind of weird. You know, I, I seem, I'm seeing a lot of this on Snapchat these days. Oh, my God. Where they're swapping yep. faces and making funny faces. Why? You feel old? Uh, 
confused. Confu- <laughs> I don't know if I feel old. I just feel confused like, with this whole I trend. I think that's what happens when you get older. Hey, I've been trying out a new drone. We got this drone in for the show, the TV show, uh, from Parrot. This is not like one of those like kid drones. This yeah, is like this drone is like a thousand dollar drone. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm loving this thing. It is like awesome. So were you not nervous about like lifting it up and? Oh, I'm still nervous with this thing. Um, so it's you know for outside. It also came with this controller. You got to stick an iPad into the controller. But it's amazing because that iPad is basically your your screen. Like yeah. there's a camera on this drone, and you can see everything that the drone can see. So you use that to. To guide it. So it's got little thumbsticks. There's another little stick for your finger where you can actually control the camera on it. So I was flying it around my neighborhood. It's, it's. I don't know, it feels really cool. It's cool and creepy at the same time. Now, Because now, you can see everything. Did you get a permit? I don't know. I don't think you have to have a permit for recreational use. I guess certain areas, right? Like in yeah. an urban area like downtown, you can't. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be flying this thing downtown. But I'm out, park. In, I'm out yeah. in South Surrey, so, yeah. you know... My neighborhood's relatively park-like, and but but still, it's creepy. It is creepy. There's no question because you're flying over people, and you can see their yard. You can see everything. Yeah. It's like really weird. Yeah. Can you record that footage as well? Oh yeah, it's 1080p video. It's high definition video. And so, what about when when you had to land it? That there's like, an automatic landing. You just hit land, and it lands. It, and it just lands. It just comes straight down. Lands. Wow. There's also on the screen at the top. There's this big button, emergency, and I'm just like. You know, I should have read the instructions, uh, but I'm just like, what, am, what, what? What does it do? Does it just like bring it down gently, yeah. you know, in an emergency situation? No, it cuts the power completely. So, so luckily, I only had this thing up a few feet. Yeah, and I thought it's better now to t- test this because I was thinking while the thing was up about thirty feet, testing it there. Thank God I didn't because it just cuts all power to the drone, and that thing sinks like a rock. It just like falls right to the ground. <laughs> So you really don't want to touch that button. Don't touch the emergency <laughs> button. <laughs> but I'm loving it. Again, it's uh, from Parrot. It's called a Bebop. It's kind of cool. I made the mistake last night after coming home after a few drinks and trying it inside the so, house. Oh, really? Did not go well. Well, well. Did not go well. First off, don't drink and drone, and don't drink and drone inside. Oh, my God. That's funny, though. I'm, no. I'm sure you've... Yeah, I will never do that again. <laughs> I took out some lamps. It's bad. <laughs> That's all the time we have left. This is Mike and Andy logging off for Get Connected. Don't forget to visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com, for all sorts of tech goodness. We'll see you next time.